Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to today's edition of Drive Time with David and Dave. Often irreverent, sometimes informative, and occasionally brilliant, Morningstar's finest tackle the comedic questions of the day, which no one else even dares to ask. David Valier and Dave Yarns come to you each week from their studio in Fort Mill, South Carolina, near Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, if you've missed a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, you can hear this program at any time on the Drive Time with David and Dave host page at talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here are David and Dave with today's show. Live from Studio 8, this is Dave and Dave. I love that intro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was great. I've been working on it for a long time, Dave. I'm going to be it honest was, with no, you. No, it was perfect. I can't think of who it reminded me of. So we're here, Studio 8 Morningstar, talking about things hopefully You'll get some spiritual insight. We'll get a chance to relate to you. And we'll talk about things that we just think are funny and just right. kind of lighten up a little bit. As always, we've got our trusty sound technician, Sam Wise from the Shire. Oh, Sam here. Wise. So all those uh, uh, like sound effects and stuff that you don't hear, yeah. that's Sam. He's making sure it doesn't happen. It's, he's he's like not putting them from in the computer. Yes. to keep things going on there. So I want to talk a little bit about this. This is uh, introverts and extroverts. Ooh, I love this. I love this topic. And, you know, it's like some people you can misread because I honestly think you're probably an introvert. Oh, I'm 100% an introvert. And isn't that crazy? Because you are on the stage, thousands of people, probably 10,000 people at a yep. time, you're doing your deal, yep. and you get energy from being alone? Oh, yes. I love being alone. Like, honestly, if I'm on for too long, you can ask my wife, I just go home and like, I just sit in silence. I just can't, I can't do it for too long. Like I, and a lot of people don't think, they think I'm an extrovert. I am 100% not. Now, what about your wife? Is she the same? Is oh, she no, the- she gets her energy from people. If she's yes. in the house from like for like more than like an hour, she's like, get me out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So isn't that interesting? That's the exact role reversal with Gina and I. I wow. am an expert. If I go in, so like my perfect size group is like 20 to 30 people because I oh, can man. meet everybody in that group, oh, no. <laughs> see how they're doing, talk to them. <laughs> If you get more than that, it's going to frustrate me because I still have to meet them. Like when sure. we do a conference that I'm hosting and we get six, 700 people, I'm like struggling because I want to meet everybody. I want to talk with them, see how they're doing. Sure. I want to put the square pegs with the square pegs like, oh, hey, you're talking about basketball and business. Right. Hey, there's the basketball and business guy I met over here. Right. You're talking about that. And my wife is an extreme introvert. Right. She does not... Uh, 
like that. I thought I needed to fix her. Is that the way you feel? No, not at all. No, no, no. I, I, I know this. I try to make sure for Ellery that we have some kind of social interaction lest I be killed. <laughs> because, like, it, it, with her, like, she's got to have interaction besides me, and I understand that. But, like, if it was up to me, Does it'd be it me and her. Does it make you feel insecure, like you're not enough? It did at first. It did really? at first. Oh, totally. But now, like, I understand her. But, like, with me, if it was just me, her, and Jacques forever, I'm good. Like, you literally don't have to see anyone else. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You know, because I think, th- like, the beauty of valuing that. I, I Now, listen, listen. Ladies, don't write me. Don't tell me, because I know I was wrong about this. But uh, I've been married 29 years. Wow. Going on 30 years. 25 of those years, I thought I had to fix her. Wow. Like, she's broken. If she just becomes more like me and wants to meet everybody in the world, like, <laughs> I literally, this is a true story. I would come home, like, with homeless people that met the Lord that I was ministering to, and I would say, hey, wait out here on the porch for a minute. Let me go in and see if it's all right if you guys can stay. And I'd go in, I'd be like, hey, Gina, just suppose, hypothetically, <laughs> we've got homeless people. Could they, you know, there's that room, the guest room we're not using with the nice thing and you know i mean right and she would tolerate it but i thought well you know she just give her time she'll break into sure. it sure but god makes us different right yep that's so true i mean is is now you get as you're teaching students can you pick this out in them like yes yeah you could you could always see to me i could always tell introverts and extroverts because i mean honestly of course their their actions but like it's really funny like what you said earlier, where do you get your energy from? Yes. So like I see like like our old Samwise here. Like Samwise like, from the Shire. What is he like? Like I personally think Samwise is an introvert, in my opinion. But like Sam in crowds, it's kind of like, mm. but then I see other people in crowds, they're coming alive. They're like, yes, give me your energy. You know, that's just not, you know, I can like relate. Like I feel like me and Sam could sit in a room literally not say a word to each other for eight hours and we'd be so happy. And that would be the best yes. conversation. Yeah. That was the best not talking to you I've ever had right, in right, my life. Right. I feel like Sam, you could send on some kind of quest to like kill a bear or something. He'd oh, be and- gone for like six months. You'd forget about him and then he'd come back with a thing. You know what I mean? Like, and then he'd just drop it and be like, bear. <laughs> so now how does that work if you... You know, because, oh, I mean, there's just so much to unpack. Yeah, like, it's a great topic. It's a great topic because, like, I get it, I get it, I get it, that worship leaders, you may not be performance leaders. Right. And I hear a lot of that, but I'm just going to be honest. Like, I, I get it to some degree, but it, to some degree, I want my worship leader to help me, like, sure. kind of get energized or direct to some degree. Sure, now, sure. I'm not looking for you to do like, oh, you know, like some be a kind of vaudeville yeah, show yeah. up there or something like yeah. that. Let me tell you this. I've heard people, well-respected people say, you know, worship leaders shouldn't exist. Like you shouldn't be up there. Worship leaders are just ministering to God and not the people. I absolutely 100% disagree. Okay. Cause I worship, yeah. worship leader. Okay. You're not leading God, right? So I am leading yeah. the people. God, God, get up now. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Now raise your hand, God. Now, I know okay. you're over there. In the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but like you're leading the people to his presence, right? Yes. And, 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 and it's not that they're not capable, but you are the person with the responsibility to open up a way for all these people who are bringing in their whole week, their you know everything, and they just need to forget about it all and just focus on the Lord. You get the privilege 
of leading these people. Yeah, because I mean, think back in the day, even like with a choir director, right? Like, like I, you know, I mean, I sing a bit and you know, kind of understand music a little bit, but I need that guy to get up there and you know, prone to wander, Lord, I, whatever right, his right, song right. is, like. Oh, I get the melody. I get it. Sure. You know, he showed me how this thing goes. We stop. We come back. You know, we sing this part over again. So whether it's directing or leading, but I think that that sense of like, because then where does it end? We don't need leaders for anything. You right. Know? It's just right. no, man. God created leadership. 100%. But I mean, do you see it? So all right. So let's think that this way. So you have uh, with Morningstar University people that are coming from all over the world that want to be raised up. In some sort of music industry, I mean, I don't even know. I'm trying to make it as broad as possible. It it could be anywhere from music industry to they just like to sing to, you know, they're like complete musical geniuses like old Samwise here. Samwise, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you teach them different things like theory and teach them performance things? Right. So pretty much everything. We go anywhere from theory to uh, rhythm to musicality to playing together to uh, working with software. I mean... All kinds of stuff. Songwriting. Do you have like do's and don'ts? Like you can't swear. You can't. <laughs> yes. You can't. <laughs> we don't really cover that up front, but let's just say. Well, I'm from New York. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a non-negotiable. It comes right out. Yeah. Day number one. Listen, no cussing. <laughs> you start right there. And listen, no drinking on church property. <laughs> right. If you're cutting back, I appreciate that, but not here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just say if someone brought a cuss word to to a. Uh, the class. It would probably get turned down unless it just really worked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unless it was directed at the devil or exactly, something, right? Exactly. So, and so <laughs> how do you find, like, I mean, so then your job isn't to, to make them more extroverted if they're not, right? No, no. We want them to be exactly who they are. So, like, for instance, I've got a, a player, his name is Zach. He plays like heavy metal i'm talking about like it's not like christian heavy metal it's like this is heavy metal right and we want him to be him and he actually did something at a couple conferences ago and like blew the place away i mean i'm sure there are some people that wow that were offended but most people were loving it but then you've got so that's a little bit more extroverted in his playing and just like looking like it's just like a lot of like, Shredding whoa. That yeah. But then you got, I'm going to keep using Samwise here. Does he have lots here. of hair that he just like he does webs it. his head back I think he wishes he does, but he's oh, very bald. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when I think of heavy metal, I think of that big head mop swish. Yeah, swoosh. yeah. I think, I think he would be awesome if he had it, but he doesn't. But then you got someone like Sam who like writes like these amazing like pieces that could be like on movies and you could tell his music is much more introverted it makes you kind of a little bit more like just kind of thoughtful and and like pontificating you know kind of kind of thing and so we don't want to change that we want to keep pushing them towards their sound and all that kind of stuff yeah so we i think strategery he has strategery (laughs) Strategery, yes in his uh music music musicality you know what i mean that's what (laughs) he's got yes so but you know i i think of like because uh i've had a chance to hang out with misty edwards a bit right and she seems extremely like like just her herself and jesus Right, right and her music is like Someone happened to open the door while she's worshiping right, Jesus. She right. doesn't know you're Sometimes there. Sometimes you feel wrong, like listening. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah. should I be here? <laughs> yeah, because it's like her and the Lord. And, right. and so, I mean, when you're developing these people, because I think the hard part would be like trying to get them to follow a certain style. Or sure. Trying to, I'm 
trying to get them to follow a certain motif. Right. Because I think all of us do that to some degree. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard as a leader not to try to project your preferences on people. Yes, yes. So to me, a good sign of a good leader, especially a worship leader that's trying to bring up a community is to allow freedom of expression and and to not have them bring you the, their song and you're like, ah, it's not the way I like it. So what you want to do is celebrate them, not celebrate your preference. Because when you celebrate your preference, you're not developing people, you're just developing clones. Yeah, so, and I, th- I think, it, you know, isn't it like that for different things in our life? I know for years and years and years I pastored and it was inner city and I mean, just a lot of broken right. people and I kind of had a hierarchy of like sins that God should be dealing with in people's <laughs> right. lives. You know, first, for sure, for sure. Let's start with not breaking the Ten Commandments. Right. Let's, let's like start there and then work down. But so help me. I had a guy come to me. He was a biker. Uh, he came to know the Lord. His house was, I mean, I don't know what your theology out there is, but his house was haunted. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they called me, you know, I mean, and I came and, minister to them, cast the devil out of the house, but led him and his family to the Lord. But biker, I mean, the vast, the whole, wow. you know, I don't think he ever had a beer out of his hand in his life. Great guy. I'm not judging. I'm just right. saying that was his exterior. And when he came to the Lord, he, one day he told me, you know, he was uh, living with a lady, just different stuff going on in his life. And I was thinking, you know, Holy Spirit's going to work. And he goes, uh, he came in, he said, man, the Lord's really been convicting me. I've really... You know, I'm I'm changing. I'm like, awesome. He goes, the Lord's convicting me of caffeine. Oh. That was like his thing. And I remember thinking, like, let's start with, like, you know, don't commit adultery. Or, you know, I'm like, you know, caffeine. But I do think it was legitimate. Wow. I honestly do, looking back. It wasn't my hierarchy. But, sure. like, like, we forget, I think we forget the plight of the sinner when you first come to the Lord, I mean, you walk 40 miles into the forest. Sometimes you got to walk 40 miles back right, out. Right. You, new friends, new places, mm-hmm. new things. And, you know, I, and I, you're a complete new creature. Don't get me wrong about the theology. Sure. But sometimes these things fall off in certain uh, ways, in certain orders. So like worship, maybe the Lord is dealing with these people individually. I mean, right. have you seen that as your, because you deal with character issues. Oh, with all the time. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think with each person, it's unique. So like, I, I've had, like, let's, for instance, dealing with musicians, tattoos, right? I've had people. They're, they're of the devil. I mean, no. <laughs> right. Well, I'm according to some. No, according to some. I don't have tattoos, but I like to watch. You, you, you've got. No, but like according to some. I would like, say you have a plethora. Of I tattoos. do. I have over 20, but I, I've had some musicians who, uh, after they've gotten saved, they get tattoos and they feel like a connection with the Lord about it. And like, then there's other musicians that have, the Lord has convicted them to stop getting tattoos. What do you say to that? It, I, I don't know. Because I'm not going to go to a person and say, well, no, tattoos are fine, you know, but the Lord is telling them and convicting them not to get tattoos. So, you know, well, I think let's it's, just it's stay on to that person. topic a little bit because we're, yeah. we're 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 bound to offend someone if yes. we stay in this topic long enough. Right? Whether you're overly religious, or not, we're, we're we're equal opportunity as offenders here. Yes, we are. So, uh, the tattoos thing now, nothing, nothing, but sometimes I'm like I'm seeing stuff that like looks pretty. Sure. Demonic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, you know, trying not to judge. Right. But if you've got like, you know, highway to hell and the yeah. devil thing and, you right. know, some stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, d- 
do what what happens to those cats when they get saved or again like it's it's been interesting i've even seen some that do the tattoo removal you know but i I, there's others that keep getting them like i personally and again we are equal opportunist offenders right yeah equal opportunity offenders offenders. yeah um i am gonna keep getting tattoos uh because i personally enjoy them and i feel zero conviction about it from the holy spirit and i talk to the holy spirit often and i do not feel maybe he'll come and slap me in the face one day and but i I, I don't think so i think because i feel like you you've got a i think like you've got a pure heart before the lord you know you're open to things yeah you know and i think like you know uh, Romans, and we're going to wax scriptural here, Romans 14, 2, you know, one man's faith allows him to eat all things. Another who is weak in faith eats vegetables. Right. Don't let him who eats judge him who doesn't eat, right. you know, to right. his own mastery. The whole sense of it is this, is that, you know, I have to be true to my conscience about this. Yes. And it seems to be that throughout the scriptures, the person who is weaker is more judgmental. Right. That seems to be the way the scriptures go. Because, and this is why I think so, because the person that is more judgmental, I believe, has a little less faith in their relationship with Jesus. They're more so going off of what's going on and being projected onto them by society, uh, church, you know, all that kind of stuff, which all that stuff is necessary. We need church. We need community. We need leaders. But who are we answering to when it's all over? G. Jesus Christ himself. So that's what I'm saying. I totally think everything that I just mentioned is necessary. But are you leaning in to Jesus and asking him directly what he thinks, what he wants to say to you, all that kind of stuff? Wow, I'm feeling convicted. I'm not sure about what, but yeah. I feel like convicted. Like here in <laughs> Studio 8, like, no, I, I feel, I, I guess I would say that a little bit differently. I feel like the, the Lord on that topic because for sure, religion tries to, you know, kind of rule regulation, man-made stuff. And I, you know, I get it. You want to have certain rules, you know, hey, don't run with scissors or whatever your rules are. It's important. (laughs) But that can't take the place of of a living relationship. That's why I think like, you know, and John where Jesus said, if you abide in me. Right. Because it's impossible to make kind of a formula out of that. What does that look like? Was well, so many hours, so many prayers, this mm-hmm. thing, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, uh, abiding, right. you know, it's like you with your wife, you know, I mean, what does that look like to be married? I don't know that we could, you know, give you a formula. Dave, if you don't spend 18.5 hours a week in, in, <laughs> In uh, level seven intimacy, then you know you're you know you're Whoa, in what's danger. What's level seven intimacy? Well, level seven, you know, <laughs> I think level six is you know um, conversation. I don't know texting because I mean that's I, don't get me started because I, I all right I'm going to get started. I go to the restaurant the other day. Mom, dad, three kids. Every single one of them are on the cell phone. Yikes! I don't know. Are they texting each other. Are they facebooking. <laughs> I wanted to just go around, take them all away, and introduce them. Hey kid, this is your dad, dad, wife, <laughs> right. come on, have a little bit of interaction here. Like maybe I can do a, it's that extrovert in me, maybe do a little party game with right. them, get them going, like an icebreaker. That sounds hey. like my worst nightmare. Like go, <laughs> I would never do, my wife would do that. I, I would be like, oh, that's their own deal. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, you know, you've got to have the personality to pull it off. One time, this is 
I go into uh, the maternity ward. They knew me at the hospital. I was oh, there boy. all the time in the hospital. People having babies, people getting sick. I was the city pastor, so I was in there a lot. And I walk in, and I'm looking for one of my parishioners in the maternity ward, and she's not there. Come to find out, she went to another hospital to have her baby. But I had uh, like uh, an understudy, like a guy was discipling with me. Right. And I go, well, who do you got in here that just had a baby? And they're like, well, Mrs. Smith just had a baby. Oh I'm like, well, I'm going to go and pray for her. So they lead me back. So help me. Never met this woman before in my life. And I come in, I, you know, because I had a suit on. I had the Bible. I looked like a man of God. I had an assistant with me. And I walk in, and then there's like eight or nine people, mom and dad on one side, mom and dad on the other side. And I look at the thing and I realize that unless I go big on this, it's going to not go out well. So I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm Pastor Dave and I'm here from the city. I'm here to pray for you and the new baby. Who are you, mom, dad? Hey, good to meet you. You I got them all lined up. I'm praying for the baby, but I just had to go bold with that thing. I was going to go. But at the end of the day, they're thanking me for coming and praying, you know, Coming and you're a better this. man than me. I I would just be like, no, this is, <laughs> I could never do this. Oh wow. Yeah, it takes all kinds. So hey, what kind of things? You know, for those of you that you know are tuning into us for the first time, we try to present some humor, talk about things, just give you some, you know, really some entertainment, but to talk about some nuggets, some things that are important, and also tell you about the ministry that we work right, at right. and love, Morningstar. And uh, so what kind of things, I mean, little known fact, Samwise, I don't know if you knew this, Dave was the first person to ever live in this building. Ever, ever. Ever. Yes. In this building. It's terrifying. Even before anybody else came in. So, <laughs> so, so how old were you? I was, uh, I think it was 17 or 18. I was very young. When there was nobody in no there's 500,000 square feet in this building, no you're the only person in here. And this is right, this is right when they, uh, they just restored or were starting to restore the building. So like the lights were flickering, you know, all this kind of stuff. This is before you got here and made everything really awesome. Right. <laughs> so like the lights were flickering, like, you know, they were, they were like people maybe still in the building, you know, like the, when squatters. I say people, I'm talking about squatters. Yeah. And so they get this. The security people send me up to my room, which was all the way on the fourth floor, flickering hallway lights. I couldn't sleep in the room. I was so scared. I slept at the front desk on the floor. You can ask Debbie Gill. Oh, my goodness. For a week. For a week. For a week. Slept (laughs) in the lobby because I was so scared. Yes. I can't. I'm just, I, I'm sorry. I'm laughing in yeah. hilarity at you. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's the New Yorker. Maybe we laugh. We love when people get caught in the subway. We're like, ha, 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 look at that guy. Leg got shorn off. But I, you're sleeping behind the front desk. Yes. It was, wow. it was, uh, it was an experience. It was my first time away from home. And then my new home became a 500,000 square foot building that only I lived in. Uh, uh, wow. Wow. You know what? Listen, I'm thinking like someday, 20 years from now, you're a famous Christian blues artist. And you're like, you know, I used to sleep behind the front (laughs) desk when I first started. I paid my dues. (laughs) That could be your pay your dues store. (laughs) Right. Because every blues musician has to have. Exactly. You know. uh, Exactly. God had a sense of humor because it was like my worst nightmare. I just... You know, it was my worst nightmare, but also as an introvert, I kind of liked it. Really? <laughs> well, just because I had no one to talk to, you know. But besides that, 
I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, have you ever been like preaching or talking and you paint yourself into a corner and then you got to try to put some religious happy ending spin on something? Yeah, you just... I'm not great at it, though. I'm going to be honest. The whole the whole like uh, Christianese thing, I'm just like, you know, I'm real bad. If I paint myself in a corner, I usually just start digging deeper. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, <laughs> how no, much more of this? What you I have go? to do is you have to break with a totally unrelated thought. You know, and there I was, night after night, sleeping behind the desk. And that's why husbands need to love their wife. I mean, just something <laughs> random, like like you were trying to make a point. Right. And it's so obscure, like people are like kind of like, wow, he's right. either really deep and like on a level yeah, we what don't did know. I miss? <laughs> yeah. Why am yeah. I not tracking with this? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, you got to leave them with that thought. That's, that's the way I do it. Um, what would you say is your, uh, you know, because I think, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about experts having 10,000 hours mm-hmm. of practice in mm-hmm. something. Whether it's Bill Gates with Microsoft, he had this incredible ability as a kid to have all of this knowledge. He's the only kid who's in high school, he had a, um, a mainframe computer. Wow. And, you know, the Beatles, they, their story is, you know, 10,000 hours playing at this fair in Germany. You know, practice, 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 that kind of a thing. You have this 10,000-hour thing in, like, seeing church work. That's your expertise. I mean, you've been here. Yeah. Literally, you slept on the floor in the beginning days. Yes. What kind of things, if you were giving advice to people that are in churchianity... You know, going wow. yeah no so churchianity <laughs> is my I coined that phrase I love it yeah it's it's like you're you know it's the church component of your Christianity like sure. you're trying to figure out how do I go to church and do I where do I take the kids or all some of the things right in churchianity what kind of things are important to you well I think churchianity what's important to you is well what's important to me is really having like we were talking about earlier your own unique relationship with Jesus is your source not the church. Okay, so I think the church, a lot of times, especially in Western culture, has been put as the most important thing. I think it is a very important thing as far as community and, like, you know, having a vision and all that kind of stuff. But it is not your source for your walk with Jesus. And a lot of people are like, I can't believe you just said that. But, I mean, this is just the truth. Church is where... I actually heard people gasp in the back. Yeah, yeah. Well, church is where you gather with people that love Jesus and hopefully people that don't love Jesus that become Jesus lovers, right? Because I think that's another thing we're missing in church is a bunch of unsaved people all the time coming in and feeling at home and then getting them saved, right? Yeah. But anyway, all that to say is you have your source with Jesus yourself. It does not come from anything else. It comes from you and Jesus going in. And then church gives you the tools and gives you, you know, different outlets on how to connect with Jesus and connect with other Jesus lovers. You get what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a really, I think if we can approach church that way, I think we can sustain in that because so many of us get burnt out with churchianity because we put all our eggs in that basket. And then it's Uh, like, it's like, wait a second. Ah, yeah. That's not what we were supposed to do. This was never what this was supposed to be. Yeah. So, you know. And so in doing that in a way that you recognize and honor the bride of Christ church. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because, Absolutely. You know, I think we've all had friends that are like, oh, I'm finished. I'm going to, you know, church. You know, right. no, man, no. Brother, don't throw the baby out with the exactly. bathwater. Exactly. I do like the idea of having unbelievers in and around that. Man. So I know that that it's is. so important. 
probably stretching to some people. Right. I've seen it work. I actually had friends, and I remember taking them as a true story. They wanted to bring beer in the church, a little country church I was going to at the time. I'm like, dude, you can't bring in beer. They're like, why can't you bring in beer? We're going to be here for a long time. I'm like, it's just, you know, I mean, I didn't have like a scripture for them, but I'm like, I tell you what, let's just put, we, we headed outside the church, right. like in the bushes. I'm like, you just can come out and drink beer. But honestly, they didn't understand. And, you know, right. I think we, I think, yeah, I think, I think we, you know, suppose that they're going to figure this stuff out, but... I think the reason that that's hard for people is it's not so much being judgmental. It's kind of being afraid of unbelievers' habits. I would say your music is such that it meets them where they live. I mean, do you feel that? Yeah, I'm hoping they get more and more like that. Yeah. How do you do that? What's the process? Uh, well, I think sometimes... You've already um, ruled out cussing. Right, yeah, cussing can happen. But, like, you know, honestly, to me, these days, if you, if the music's got a good groove, some, like, good, exactly. good feel, you know, and, and really, I mean, look at Kanye West. I mean, Woo! trust me, everybody and their mom is talking about him right now. But he's blatantly just talking about Jesus. People still liking it because the music's pretty sweet. Hey, can we put an open invitation right now, Kanye West or Chance the Rapper, to yeah. come, you'll share the stage in the mic with them. Oh, I, yeah, sure. I'll share the stage. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, you I'll heard be it here, Kanye stage. or Chance, if you're listening, because Chance is my Chance is my jam. Yeah, I love Chance. Yeah, they're, 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 both doing, they're both doing great. It's good to see uh, them just totally unashamed. And, 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 and rocking it for the Lord. Has it been your experience that you hear a secular song? I, I don't know how to use the wording, but there's just so much soul and life into it. Yep that you feel like there's something like, you know, godly about it. There's something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, in my opinion, all things, uh, even like with bad intention, um, can be easily turned back to Jesus. In fact, I believe that's all, all things are meant to be everything that is happening in the world, songs that are going out there, art. I believe if we could just take it all for the Lord and just be like, Lord, it's for you, you know, uh, like, your son, actually, uh, when he led the first time uh, at Harvest Us, you remember that? I he do. He did a song that was not a worship song. A lot of people thought it was his, but it was uh, I Need You So Much Closer by Death Cab for Cutie. I, that's not the name of the song, but um, th- that song was amazing. That song was like so anointed. It was like, it was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was just me because it was my kid, but no, I really no. loved that. You it know? was amazing. And it, it was not a worship song in the slightest. But like it was, we turned it around, directed it towards the Lord, and boom, there you go. Yeah, and I and I do think I do think it touches the heart of the Lord, you know, because like like maybe instead of the stuff being spawned from the pit of hell, it's spawned from a heart where people want to see hatred and prejudice and things broken. They just have gone off the rails in some of the areas of it. You know what I mean? Because right. there is there is right and wrong. You know what I mean? There's it's not just you know. Everybody's left to their own uh, their own things, but I think you know if we can recover that heart because I I see that in in my my kind of interaction with people how the Lord um, loves people and you know there's a scripture and it, it talks about even the people that seem less noticeable they have need in the body of Christ we we're dependent on them it's an incredible thing when you think about it. Lest I wax too overly spiritual, 
Hey, it's fine. I thought it was a good, good. It is. It is a good thought. Yeah. And you know, honestly, you know, some of the stuff as we're talking just comes out of our heart. I want to sign off with this. I want to thank everybody for listening. We really want to grow the audience because it's, uh, you know, we want to get as many people out there free, laughing, thinking about things. We want to be equal opportunity offenders if necessary. Yes. But honestly, our heart, mine and Dave, just to show you our friendship, talk to you about Morningstar, what's on our hearts. So, Dave, why don't you lead us out with, you know, kind of like in this realm of what we've been talking about, just a prayer of release in that area. Sure. So, Lord, we just release... Freedom, we release the ability to, uh, to, for the introvert and the extrovert to be themselves in you. Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for the ability to uh, not feel pressured to be a certain way, but to be themselves and to be in a unique relationship and a unique walk with you. And so, Lord, we thank you. And, Lord, we just pray that we would see people through your eyes, not through, like, as Dave was saying, like, the church Christianity, Christianity, kind of but like see it through your eyes. What do you see in people, and and, uh, and that we would just love them the way you would love them, and we thank you for that, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. And I registered that while you were talking, so you owe me oh. fifty cents every time okay. you use it. Oh, you give okay. me a quarter, and you know, <laughs> you know. Listen, uh, I think the joy of the Lord is here to be shared and experienced, and we're so glad to be a part of your day. Please like, share, come be a part of us. Let us know what you think. We love feedback. Give us feedback. We'll answer any of your questions. We'll uh, we'll question any of your answers. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll question all of those answers. All right. Until next time, Dave and Dave here with Sam Wise from Studio 8. Thank you, guys. David and Dave are David Valier and Dave Yarns of Morningstar Ministries. If you would like to know more about Morningstar Ministries, please visit their website at www.morningstarministries.org. Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Drive Time with David and Dave. For David and Dave and their studio team at Morningstar Ministries, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for lightening up with us. Psalm 2 verse 4 starts out, For he who sits in the heavens laughs. Tune in again next time and laugh with us. Until then, remember to share, tweet, Insta, Snap, and look us up on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spreaker.com, iHeart, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and many other podcast portals. Make it a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.